Welcome to The Magic Spark. I'm your host and personal wellness witch, Tandy Gutierrez. This podcast is for the open-hearted magic makers seeking to cultivate consistent self-evolution, or as I like to call it, self-revolution. It aims to be a home base for continually stumbling upon things that ignite the healing spark in you, be that practical or magical. Now, let's see what that spark is for you in today's episode. Hello, my magic makers. You're listening to episode 14. This episode welcomes a heart pioneer who heals money wounds to explore and answer our four questions in 40 minutes. These four questions invite my guests to be vulnerable and therefore brave. It aims to offer a space to safely go outside of our typical titles and branding to offer a magic spark, not only to you, dear listener, but very often to our guests as well. By sharing our stories of trauma, wounds, or shadows, whatever language resonates with you, we begin to lighten the load, drop some baggage, alchemize karmic debt, move forward, on and through, and very simply, it allows us to heal. Healing our wounds requires diffusing the shame from them, and there's no more powerful way than simply telling and sharing our stories. Healing can be simpler. Say the words. Tell the story. Share your feels. Recruit support. Pull the shadows into the light. In every episode, I say that healers, practitioners, teachers, coaches, and mentors, we don't really know any more than anyone else. We're just up ahead on the path with a flashlight and a first aid kit, shouting back tips, tactics, warnings of fallen trees, pointing out rest areas, and yeah, even the optimal photo spot. We typically aim to save time, pain, anguish, and energy for those with similar paths to our own. Want to hear some extra magic? There's also very often a healing spark to be found in the stories of those you think you have nothing in common with. You just simply never know where the spark of the universe will show up and how goddess, God, spirit, source will show up to guide you. I know for me, if I can help make the healing process smoother, easier, less lonely, and yes, more efficient, then my pain and path has offers of worth beyond my personal healing to help someone else is the medicine and the magic in sharing our stories. I also know that the last place I'm seeking insight is often exactly where I find it. So we know healing isn't a race or a competition. It takes the time it takes, and it's never a done deal. Active use of air quotes here. There is always another layer, a deeper understanding of our wounds to be had. It's a conversation to be had over and over again. And if listening to a conversation can help the healing regardless of the tempo, you're always going to get a holy hell yes from me. You're also going to get one from today's guest. Our guest today is a close friend and mentor, not only to me for over 20 years, but also the unicorn wellness community. She is the founder of the School of Betty, a platform that empowers women to create better relationships with their money time, and energy so they can build financial freedom and lessen stress. As a certified life coach and financial education instructor, Brianna is an expert in teaching personal finance that is fun, approachable, and easy to implement. Her Fierce Finances program is a successful group coaching course that helps women change their money mindset, pay off debt, and create incredible positive new habits around their finances. 
Brie is a financial contributor to the Mind Body Green, and her expert advice has been featured in Real Simple, The Financial Diet, Money.com, Reader's Digest, Business Insider, and on the popular lifestyle blog and podcast, PaleoMG and PaleoMG Uncensored, just to name a few. She believes that everyone is one good habit away from a badass life and that we give money way too much control over our lives. She wants you to heal your money wounds and to know the joy of feeling confident about your money. She is spiritual and has some of the most on-point intuition that I've ever come across. She expertly balances the practical and magical in her life and work. Please welcome my dear friend, Brianna Firestone. Brie, welcome to the Magic Spark. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited to be with you. I'm always excited when we're together. That is just the truth of the matter. <laughs> it's a true story. The unicorns are like, mm-hmm, yeah, they're a little much sometimes when they're together. <laughs> so... I feel like we, we do, we work together a lot. We share space and energy a lot mm-hmm. on and offline. And I think it's always important to share that we graduated from an all women's college. We went to college together. That is a unique brand of connection mm-hmm. that we share. And yeah, that it's been like 20 plus years off and on weaving magic together. Yeah. And I would say really getting reconnected almost five years ago. I mean, that's how the school of buddy is almost five years old. And so I remember touching base with you, you had been doing your jam for years. Um, but entrepreneurship is what reconnected us that in me just reaching out to you to have some readings and, um, and then reaching out to you in my own, just physical health journey of healing my body and getting on the mat and doing some of that work and retraining my thoughts around exercise and working out and, and all of the stuff. So it's been so fun. It's been so fun to be on this journey with you and to see our world's um, interact. It's been really, really neat. I completely agree. And we also have to share because we say it every time, but we share houses in our astrological Zodiac chart. Mm-hmm. And when I found that out, I was like, Oh, mm-hmm, no wonder we're, we're very similar mm-hmm. in so many energetic ways and have similar paths, although very different mm-hmm. that it has been a real joy and a pleasure and this magical mystery tour to be reconnected. <laughs> right? Totally. A <laughs> magical mystery tour. I love that. There's something there. You might need to write that. Down. Right? Uh, why do I, I don't have any note-taking materials today. What is wrong with me? That is not okay. Um, you and me just driving the magic bus. That's what we're doing. Um, I would like to say that when 4 and 40, this format that we're doing today that has just grown in its life on the podcast in its original concept, when I wanted to tinker with it, um, Brie agreed to be my very first guest. I was like, I just have this idea. Will you come answer these on Instagram? <laughs> and wow. bless her heart. She did in a really interesting stage. And so for those, you know, unicorns in our community that are like, Brie already answered these questions. I'm like, nah, that's not how this works because these questions they shift in our lives that we, these are questions that we can go back to as like personal coaching, personal evolution, personal revolution, that I am delighted for you to return to answer these questions again, because I think it's fascinating. It's a game I play with myself of like, how does this question sit now in this space? And because we are friends knowing when we asked them before, I am like giddy to hear how they get answered this go round. <laughs> yeah, me too. I purposely <laughs> did not go back to watch that because, and I, and I know one of them, but I cannot recall how I answered. And so I am equally excited to hear what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> 
Well, this is one of my favorite things is when guests come and they go, I did not prep anything. And I go, great. You're not supposed to. I mean, yes, I wanted it to be thoughtful, but I love the organic, intuitive, in the moment conversation. I also think that in this setup of an interview on a podcast, when you ask a question that they are deep, you really are never quite sure what's going to come out of your mouth. And sometimes it is more honest and more real, right? Than it would have been because we judge and we edit, you know, if we do it ahead of time. Totally. So I'm just excited and grateful. And really, really pleased. So let's do it. Okay. All right, my lovelies. We're going to take a tiny, hopefully non-intrusive pause to tell you about the app, Newsly. It's an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. So you can listen and learn while you're brushing your teeth, cooking, or taking your daily mental health walk. I'm a major fan of audio formats. Hello, podcast host here. And this takes a fresh spin that truly innovates and creates efficiency and service around how we consume our online content of choice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable in one place. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from witchcraft, astrology, healing, business, science, or even RuPaul's Drag Race. Because if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you. Plus, they have podcasts and digital radio. You'll find me there. I started using it as my default podcast app a little while ago. Big fan, hence why I'm sharing it with you. Download and use Newsly for free, or if you're interested in their premium experience, use code capital M, capital S, lowercase p, lowercase a, for a one month free premium subscription. You'll find it in the link below as well in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Now back to our show. All right, my love, are you ready to begin the questions? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, what is your magic in the world? Who are you? What do you do? I read your bio. But this is a place and a space to offer the off script portion, the things that may have adjusted since a bio has been written that want to be added, seen, and heard today. Mm, I love it. Well, I am a neuroscience-based money healer, and I've really rooted into the neuroscience because there is so much in our subconscious, especially as it relates to your money, that is really important to unpack. Similar when you are guiding students, right? Where you are unpacking things that are in their subconscious that they're probably not aware of. And our subconscious is driving over 90% of our day and it's on autopilot. And when we can understand how our brain is operating and how it works, we actually give ourselves more spaciousness to step into the magical. So it's a very practical approach, but it allows you to just release so much guilt, shame, these heavy feelings that a lot of individuals have around their money. And so the neuroscience part is super, super important to me so that we can actually get to the healing. I always say budgets are band-aids unless you have actually dug into the reasons why you feel the way you feel about money, what your current habits and behaviors are. And so I focus primarily on coaching individuals who identify as women plus. You can change my mind, I think, once we have more equality around our money. <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, that's what I spend my days doing, guiding individuals so that they feel really empowered around their money. We get to unpack their money stories, rewire things. Let's use neuroplasticity to our advantage and really get them started on a path of truly co-creating a life that they really love. I know everyone who consistently listens to the podcast so far is like hearing how we overlay in the work that we do and yet how different it is Mm -hmm. because every time you and I are together, I am always reminded. And it's so loud to me that when we talk about money, that we all have a relationship with it. Most of us have a very dysfunctional relationship, toxic. We think it's balanced. We think we get it, but it is so laden in shame. And I am always blown away by how similar that is to our relationship, to our bodies right? And how, when someone, you know, cause the bulk of my career, it's, it's, it's at a shifting point now, but we're like at the, almost like this 50% mark of clients coming, people coming, and they want to shift either the way they feel in their vessel or manipulate the way it looks because there's this toxic relationship to the way things should be. What will bring happiness, how happiness occurs And it's always been the same. And before you and I reconnected, you know, so this was like a long career of like people are so angry and upset. They don't have a a handbook to how to work with their vessel. And so, which is why I wrote a handbook because I was like, actually, there is a way to work with it in harmony, in validity, in healing. And you use so many of the same similar, but same tactics and approaches to money. I always find this fascinating. Yeah, we give money this power and we assume we don't have the tools to navigate it when the reality, this is what I tell my my buddies who come in the door, is managing our money actually has very little to do with the money. It's about managing your life. And it is about trusting yourself, which is about hearing your intuition. It's about listening to your body. It's about paying attention to your body's cues. And I was just having this conversation today at coffee that especially those individuals who are ambitious and identify as a woman and are really like, you know, going for it, we are taught to push that side of ourselves down. We are taught to hide our intuition and our femininity and the things, and I don't mean gender specific on that, but like the energetics of that, that make us very flowy in that receiving mode. And so when I'm guiding students to really manage their money really well, we're doing so much of the practices that you do through unicorn wellness, because it is about the body. It's about trusting. It's about listening to your intuition. You all, you always know what is best for you. Truly. And we get gaslit and then we end up gaslighting ourselves because of cultural conditioning, because of, you know, personal internalized colonization and patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And these are terms that I have now, they're kind of being blown out and most people still don't really know what they mean, but it is similar concepts from a body perspective, just physical, like fitness, fitness is different than wellness. The majority of clients that I've worked with at this point identify as female and they will state that they want something and it generates so much shame and self-judgment and frustration because they think that happiness or approval or worthiness or that their life would be so much better in its experience if the vessel looked like something else. Right. And I'm like, I'm not interested in what your vessel looks like. I'm really not. How do you feel in it? Do you love it? Does it feel good? Is it healthy? Can it do the things you want to do without pain or strain? These are the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Is it pleasurable? Is it fun? Do you like to dress it? Do you like to undress it? You know, and it's so similar to resources. We have to shift our paradigms. We have to pick them apart, right? We have to deconstruct it. Why do you want this thing? Where is this shame coming from? Because it should look like something. Who said it should look like that? Is that what you want it to look like? Totally. 
Oh, it's so easy to get wrapped up in what everyone else is doing, especially when it comes to money and, and yes, physical appearance, right. We're conditioned of like, Oh, beauty equals this or subconsciously. Like we don't want some, you know, a lot of us are like, we don't want to feel that way, but it's like what has been taught to us over and over. And, you know, the money is really powerful to push back and just question your beliefs in general, because we were not born with the beliefs, but we have developed them. And, you know, I think checking in with your body, some, most of my students are kind of like, what's like, what kind of class did I just (laughs) up for? I'm going to be paying off my debt. And, you know, we get to a point where they're asking me questions around, um, I want to do this with my money. What do you think? And we get to a point where I always come back. Well, how does it feel? Yeah. Huge. They always know what feels good. They always know what they want. And if it's in alignment with their vision and their values, then my friend, it is for you. Absolutely. And, you know, if they can, if you can be grateful in the moment now, if you can start to find gratitude with your money and your body now, things will start shifting because we only have the moment now. Right. So, um, it, it, it moves us into the space of being more present and starting to find satisfaction in, in the journey. Absolutely. I mean, holy hell yes. Right. The thing that's coming through right now to me is that I don't even know where this came from. And I wish I did. I don't know that it was someone who said it to me. And then I go, it was probably channeled and I don't even remember, but it was early in my career as a coach. Um, and the thought process, it changed how I looked at everything, right? This thought process that wherever you are right now, and I think this applies to our money and our resources also, you are someone's ideal. Yes. Mm. And I find that this helps move us into gratitude because I have a wonky relationship with gratitude and working with clients in a magical, spiritual coaching space. Gratitude can get weird and not overly constructive because it can turn into spiritual bypassing or whitewashing. Oh, 100%. Yes. And so I feel like when you can shift and had just have a moment, like a hot second to get out of your own way and then go wherever your body is, wherever your money is right now, debt, no debt, savings, no savings, because the clients that we have, there's a certain amount of privilege, right? For them and for us, mm-hmm. you're someone's ideal. I wish I had that problem. Cause that means there's resources in the mix mm-hmm. or I wish I had that vessel, right? Because it's able to do these things I can't do, or it functions this way that I can't function right now. And so that can pull us back into that frequency of gratitude without bypassing of like, okay, actually I have a lot to work with. I have choices. Don't always like the choices, but I can make moves and I can circulate and I can shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love you. I love the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you for being in this world. (laughs) Well, let's take a little shift into question two. So it will be an energetic shift. What is the wound, shadow, or trauma that you are currently healing through, knowing there's always something as a human we're being asked to work with, do a little bit better? Doesn't always have to be deep and dark. Sometimes it's just another layer. Mm-hmm. What is that for you right now? This one I think is similar to the last time you asked me. Um, it's the mother wound. Mm. Lordy, I thought I was through. <laughs> the wound that just keeps giving. Oh, does <laughs> Laugh out of recognition over here, y'all. Yeah, it's been really interesting for me to navigate the layers of what this mother wound is. And, you know, that starts with the relationship with my own mother and, you know, had a very close relationship. And then I'm just started to shift into a space when I was very young, where I kind of, um, I kind of moved into more of a mothering role and, you know, finally getting to a place in my adult life 
where I could accept this is the dynamic of how we are in this lifetime. Perhaps I was her actual mother at some point in a previous life, you know, as part of a soul family. And, you know, if I can release these expectations that we're, our relationship is going to be different and it is going to be this, you know, idea of what I have in my head as a mom, if I can release that, I get to be free from it. And I remember when I finally kind of moved through that and that felt so amazing and it changed the dynamic of our relationship because I just showed up more in a space of we're here to support one another and we are here in this relationship in this time and space as it is supposed to be. Right. I mean, that's some big adulting and self-parenting right there. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a master class on self-parenting. Right. Year. We share a chart. I think it's similar over here. Oh, yeah. 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 So that was big. The the one that still keeps popping up in different phases, I always imagined I would have a family. I always imagined I would have kids. And I moved through a space where I was able to let that go and that, okay, I'm probably not going to have biological children and just trusting that where I'm supposed to be is where I am. And that if, if I was supposed to have a biological child, things would have moved differently. Like things would have shaken out in a different way. And so, you know, and I had someone ask me once, well, do you want to have a baby or do you want to be a mother? Because those are two different things. And that was. Mic drop right there. Mm -hmm. And I think what has been surprising for me in the last year is um, the emotions that pop up when close friends or family around me um, have babies. Mm. And it is a weird, it's not weird. Um, that's unfair. What I have noticed is I am grieving a lost experience because everyone is says, you know, regardless if they love being a mother or not, right? Like this has, this does not mean that they are enjoying that journey for themselves. And that's very real. Many are just like, oh, this is, this isn't for me or this is really hard is individuals saying, I, I never knew love like I knew when I saw my child. And that is, it is like, it still like kind of guts me sometimes. And I hate it. I hate it that I can be, you know, on social media and see something and it'll just smack me in the face out of nowhere. <laughs> be like, oh, cool. I'm crying in the grocery store parking lot again. But... <laughs> This is becoming a norm, everyone. Just text me. <laughs> yeah. And, but what was really powerful, you know, recently, this is very recent. So it's fun to answer this question now is I just um, had this download and felt it's like you're birthing something so much bigger and different. You were, you are going to have a love for something that's just different and that's okay. And so I feel like I'm, I'm coming to the end of this wound, which when you asked me this question over a year ago, I feel like, sweet Jesus, I'm right. like, get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Right. As uncomfortable, uncomfortable, alert, alert, awakening and growth. You're like, it's messy. I don't like it. I don't like it. Wrap it up with a bow, please. Yeah. <laughs> Could somebody clean this up? please. And just take it away. It'd be mm -hmm. so much easier. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so gorgeous. It's gorgeous to sit in witness mm. of someone's healing, particularly yours when they're good friends and mm. that cycle and being familiar, particularly they're different mother wounds, right? The mother wound shows up so differently for all yeah. of us. The mother wound I have shared that I feel like that is my wound of a lifetime. Um, and it, and it, I mean, it is damn, it is the gift that keeps giving. You're like, seriously, again, like, couldn't we just come up with another answer for me of like, why I'm having to learn this right now. And the universe <laughs> is like, no, this is your gift. This is it. So I really do resonate with the mother wound that like keeps resurfacing. And you're like, oh, Hey friend, 
Hey, Hey there. Different every time she comes back up for air. There's always a new level of learning, however frustrating it can be. (laughs) Totally. And so, you know, that surrender and that trust, I hear it in your, in, in your voice and in your energetics now, again, from like one year ago to now, it is such a shift and it would be interesting too, for listeners. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's in my Instagram history, you know, of lives to go back and this is such a beautiful witness space to go, oh, they were feeling this way and going through this. And then a year later, because you hear this, you know, if you're not in the mix of deep healing, Mm -hmm. like it does get easier. It does get better. There are waves of exaltation. And then, yeah, it's going to come back again. Just get ready, but you're prepared for it. Now you have more tools, you have more awareness, there's growth, there's, you've given it more space. One of the things that I, I would like to touch on for listeners, because I find this loud, this distinction, again, we're speaking about the mother wounds. There's so many ways to be wounded Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I keep planning a bonus episode to just talk through the mother wound all itself, because there's so many variations of it, but the distinction of do you want a baby or do you want to be a mother? They are not the same things. Mm-hmm. And I think that as someone who has said both or wanted both, and in this lifetime, I do get to be a mother and had babies, right? But they are different. Yeah. And I think that it's so nice when those moments come in and go, Oh, what did I want? What am I mourning? Which experience is this? Cause that's a new tool and a new skill set and a new understanding and a new depth. Cause I know from working with so many clients that mostly identify as female people love babies, but mothering is a whole nother ball game, a whole different ball game. And it allowed me, that question allowed me to start thinking of my life in a different reframe because the reality is, and you know this, I am a cancer moon. I am such a mama bear in general, like in general. And this particular coach, it was AC Brown, um, who mentioned this back to me. And she was like, you are mothering your buddies all day, every day. And that is constantly reflected back to me as someone who is in the money space that I allow it to be this very soft, open, um, loving place to be like their shame is, does not have a place at the table when it comes to, um, money for me. And I am very protective over my buddies. I am very hardcore over them. I'm very protective over my friends And so it's been really powerful for me to continue to sit in this space of how do you show up in loving compassion and guidance, even as a mentor, right? It's like a mother can be a mentor every day in your life and such an evolution, right? When we did that last interview, I was right smack dab in the middle of going through a divorce. I was, we recorded that was living in an apartment It was the first time in my 40 years of living that I had ever lived by myself. (laughs) I had to mother myself, (laughs) like just a whole, just a whole thing. Yeah. Just a huge whole thing. And this you know, you do, I was, I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your cancer placement. Cause I was going to ask like, are you comfortable sharing that? Because, you know, it's written in the stars. It's stamped in your original factory settings. Like you've got mothering vibes pouring out, pouring out of you. Right. But mothering, because we have these concepts, patriarchal concepts, colonized concepts, and misogynistic concepts of what mothering looks like. Mm -hmm. And so the tidbit I just want to offer in this, if it's the first time someone's hearing about a mother wound or first time listening is that, you know, the mother energy, the great mother energy is so much more than we give it. It is equal destruction and creation. And it's about generating good humans. Mm-hmm. And so when we break it down into like that really ridiculous, tiny nutshell, you know, being the opportunity to mother in this lifetime or to have a baby, 
they're not the same, you know, and it's beyond powerful to start to pick apart, dig in, lean into, get uncomfortable. What is it I'm mourning? What is the wound I need to work with? What is the shadow I need to befriend here? Even when we can get to like, what is that core wound? How do we name it? Mother wound. Great. Which variation? Right. Because <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. And to be able to claim the empowerment of actually, I mother my ass off all day long. You totally do. You're busy generating good humans mm-hmm. as they shift and heal their concepts with their money. That just means they're healing their concepts with themselves, with their worth. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's been a ride. You do some big mothering, my love. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Ready to move into number three? Mm-hmm. Okay. This one I think will be particularly interesting, again, because it is the same question in this setup. And so maybe it'll be the same answer. Maybe it won't be. What do you consider to be the wound, the shadow, the trauma of your lifetime? The one that just, you know, you're going to be living with it in this life and adjusting and healing and hearing and seeing and feeling it differently at different times. Mm. (laughs) I've come a long way on this one too. And so I, I know this is going to be present in my life. Um, but it's almost like I'm kind of climbing a Tetris ladder. Like I'm, I'll continue to like get higher and higher and it'll get easier and easier. Um, that is using my voice, like speaking my truth, however you want to wrap that up in a wound. And what I think is very interesting is, you know, my, my, first house is Leo like yours. And it is also my rising and it is all about, you know, it's my North node. It's like, you know, this is where you're, this is where you're stepping into, right? You're here in this <laughs> lifetime to step into and be like, show up. And you and I both have both gone through thyroid surgeries where, you know, I think yours was, um, taken early. A mine was taken after a cancer diagnosis. And what I think is really powerful, which I'd never recognized before. And this is actually a little moment that was brought up to me maybe a month ago of, you know, part of, part of, I think for me is in speaking, my voice is choosing myself. Yeah. Hello. And I rem- you know, I was a musical theater major. I sang, although it wasn't my career, singing is something I had always identified with as part of who I was. And I remember going into that surgery, and you probably remember this too, because you sing, signing that waiver that says that you might lose your voice. And I remember my mom in that moment saying, please be careful, she's a singer. And it was my coach, Allison Bird, that had to point out to me, she's like, do you recognize how powerful that was? Like you chose yourself, your body over this thing that was so powerful for you that you identified with. That's like speaking up for yourself. And I was like, oh, oh, I never, (laughs) oh, I mean, I just was like, you know, uh, a naive 24 year old. Like I'm just signing the paper and not really thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And so that's been so powerful for me because, and I think that might be shocking for individuals because I'm incredibly ambitious. I am, um, it's easy for me to speak in public and on stage and be outgoing. Yet, um, I found in a lot of my personal relationships and partly because of that mothering a little bit, um, you know, just some childhood wounds I have, I will find myself in service of everyone else to hate, hey, hey, mothers out there. Right. And I don't actually have a physical child <laughs> in service of every, everyone else and not speaking up for what I need. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
right? That's one layer. And then the other layer that I think I am peeling through, you know, I had to work through that saying I wanted a divorce, moving through a divorce, not having any big one thing that was a motivator for it, which I think makes it easier for our brains, but just having this sense of like, we're complete and I'm ready to move on. And I don't want to accept that I quote unquote should be happy. Like it was so hard for me to say these things and to speak up. And now for me, it's like the next phase I'm in is like just showing up and being myself. Like, not that I was super performative, but I'm saying things if they might be polarizing. Because it's how I feel and it's how I believe. Yeah. It's really just because again, we share houses on the Zodiac wheel and we have both had thyroidectomies. I don't even know how to explain it yet even though there's been iterations through, because I think for those who identify as female, using our voice and speaking up is just such a big one. This is connected culturally and for the work that I do through the narrative, the witch wound, being silenced, mm-hmm. what you think, what you feel, we're going to turn it into propaganda. We're going to make it a lie, mm-hmm. right? And so the ancestral piece of that the cultural piece runs in our veins. Then if we have charts and and personal experiences that contribute to that, and again, being identified as a singer, I know that for me, it was a tricky slope for sure. But I, I, I love that you shared like the age and the stage that it was at too. And then your mother says it, right? Like here's a layer of the mother wound. How does my mother identify me as a point of pride and worthiness? Yep. Ooh, if that goes, am I unworthy? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And so much of this wound to me, it's like a double whammy for us. Like the throat and the voice is that fifth chakra. It's actually governed by Taurus, right? Taurus is in our 10th house, the house of legacy. <laughs> So you have like this, can't make this up, y'all. You just can't make it. You just up. can't. And so I, th- I don't know what your experience was, but I, I think they are similar. And, you know, I felt like, oh, I sing. This is where my sun sign is. It governs the throat. You know, this is the house of legacy. So my legacy must have something to do with the sounds coming out of my throat. And that Leo in that first house identity, who am I? How do I deal with myself? You know, is meant to be in, in the spotlight out front. And you and I are very similar in that way too. Like nobody guesses that perhaps we're a little sensitive or a lot or shy or really get our feelings hurt because we're so fierce out front. Mm-hmm. But this is that juxtaposition that still messes with people's minds. And so yeah, the magic threads of these wounds, right? What they have to offer us, what I've come to feel like in this re-identifying and showing up better is just our authentic selves in the moment, say the things, take the broad stroke. I prescribe to this, you may not, and it may trigger you. Let's talk it out, you know, yeah. of not hiding how we feel, what we think. And that like visceral, like when you get nervous to say something, I have to stand up for myself. I have to say this. I know I do. I don't know about you. I know that my experience of, of being abused, I get a, like the anxiety that starts to come when I know I have to speak up, like my heart and my brain know it's safe to say it. You're going to say it. You're going to advocate for yourself, but the still physical experience I have is like terrifying, like rejection or pain point. Yeah, it is a very fight or flight feeling in my body. And um, I have found in the last two years, it's I do have a bit of a out-of-body experience a little bit when it happens. And that when I am speaking my truth sometimes with something that is very difficult or hard, like speaking up for myself, I will have a moment, you know, as I'm talking where I'm, you know, out of body or it's like, are you actually saying this? <laughs> And it is like, 
my body is just taking me down the path. It's almost like something takes over and it is just like, no, we're saying this. And it like continues. I'm like, Oh God. And in my head, I'm like, are we saying this? We're doing this. It's on the outside. It's on the outside. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is happening. Oh no. Yeah. It's, um, but so empowering, you know, I, I, we just, you get better at it as you continue to do it. And the reality is we, we spend so much energy. We waste so much time and energy not speaking our truth, worrying about what we're going to say, worrying if it's going to ruffle someone's feathers, worrying like, you know, is a troll going to comment on Instagram? Yep, yeah, probably. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, if anything, that is an indicator of like, oh yeah, you're 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 actually saying your thing, right? If, yeah. if you're just being true to who you are, there is an ease about it once you can get over the discomfort. Once you can get past this fear that someone is going to judge you for what you're about to do or say, that is like what I feel for sure. Um, it gets easier. And I think as you get older too, there is kind of a like F this. I do really feel that 40 is like the F you birthday. I I mean, I'm, I'm at 44, so it's not that far off, you know, of things, but like, I really did feel a visceral turning point at that. Not that I hid myself. I don't think anybody would think that I hid myself. I think I'm personally allowing myself to evolve faster. Like, just don't pause. Like, whatever you feel the change needs to be, just make the change. Like, fine. But I do think that the like, oh, for fuck's sake, I don't have time for this shit. I don't really care. That's your work to do. Like, you want to come to my doorstep with your opinion and judgment? You're on my doorstep. Did I come to your doorstep? No. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think too, especially in the entrepreneur space, or if you're a coach or you have an online presence, or even if you work in an office, gone are the days of separate personalities in those spaces, in my opinion. And I never felt like I was totally different, but as I like unpack the layers, I'm like, oh yeah, I was, uh, it's a little intense over there in the office at the theater. Like individuals thought I was like kind of scary. I'm like, what? Like, that's totally not my person. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm really like goofy and just like kind of, you know, weird for the most part. And so, you know, that's been really interesting to just realize. I think, I think this is especially true online. It's like, no, you don't have to have this quote unquote pro- professional persona. You get to be yourself. Yeah. But that's very difficult to do. So hard. So, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to put the barriers up there, but I think so many people listening are like, but I want to be myself, but it's hard because there is feedback in so many places and spaces. I do think those who identify as female, it, some of it's still crawling uphill. You're going to have to bludgeon some people over the head to be able yeah. to stand. And that feels terrible to those of us who are or have those placements that are highly sensitive highly intuitive don't i mean i have a pisces moon so it's that water moon right like i don't want conflict i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings i do believe everyone is entitled to their opinion i also have my own opinions that i do believe are for the greater good that would service people better that would be kinder that would be you know more in balance and and more nurturing and i'm going to stand up for those things mm-hmm. you know but it does feel hard initially. I think there is, I think it's really fascinating is in this period of your life of transformation. And thank you so much for sharing and letting us be a part of this, right? Like that a year ago at the beginning of that divorce and that first step out. And, and I do think it's really hard because people are like, well, did somebody cheat on somebody? Was there some sort of like secret debt? And it's like, no, it just wasn't a fit anymore. This is the close of our novel together mm-hmm. and I don't want to be trapped in it because y'all are comfortable with it mm-hmm. you know but all the way into more expression I do think that as you go through healing and you're willing to take the leap and to get comfortable in the uncomfortable and go through the process that speaking your truth being yourself showing up more authentically does become easier there's more of a flow to it it's just like practice anything you practice that you're totally. like 
oh, I feel this, mm, this shift is coming. Yeah. I'm going to drop an F-bomb here and I'm going to tell them, no, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. They're going to be uncomfortable. I know how to hold that space now. Yeah. Oh, it's so apparent, you know, when I started dating, <laughs> it can be the wild west out there, my friend. <laughs> Um, I chose to have fun with it. I chose to have fun with it. And there were some dates I, I rolled up in my workout pants and no makeup and just getting out of the shower. And I'm just like, this is it. Yep. Do this coffee date. Like I just, or like, I think I met one, I think I met one date on a, like for a drink at a bar like that. And I didn't give a fuck. Like I was like, I feel good today. And like, I don't need to put makeup on. And it was so freeing. Yeah. It was so freeing. I'm like, it only goes up from here. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what oh, a says the Leo from rising, dating, right? Yeah. From mm-hmm. like dating in my twenties, right? The base what? model. So pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, you know, I feel like speaking my truth shows up in different ways beyond just like actually using my voice as well, using my energy and my presence, um, and really standing in that power. I know I'm here to do something really special. Yeah. And it's hard to step into that sometimes because it feels bigger than our little human flesh vehicle. And we're just like, how do I I embody this? How do I do it? And so I'm finding joy and fun in it now and being curious about it instead of, um, and this is a corner I just turned because I had been in a space where it's like, sweet Lord, I am tired of growing. Like, can I just (laughs) pause for a minute? Where is my pause button? I need a pause button and I just cannot live my life. I don't want to have to like have a deep aha about every conversation or, and some of these things like we can't help it. Right. Or it's just like, it is, it is happening for us and it is the awakening we're going through. And, um, there's a fatigue that can happen. And so, you know, I have to tell myself just to relax and, you know, just let go, like, let it go. You'll be fine. You'll always figure it out. You it's do always figure it out. It's just, it is exhausting. And then this speaks to like the self-care process because people will be like, why do you teach body work and movement and workouts essentially? And then you're doing all this healing. I'm like, because healing is exhausting, physically exhausting. Like, has anybody ever had a really epic, dramatic cry? You I'm like, tired you- for three days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, let's make you, we can make fun of it and call like the eat, pray, love in the kitchen, but that is legit. What ha- has happened to me several times. Yeah. My poor dog, pink lady is like, what's going on? But I mean, there is a moment where you're like, I have, my body cannot produce any more tears or it just feels. And I remember saying this to you almost two years ago. I was like, I just cried for, I was, I think it was May, 2021. I was like, I just cried for three days. And this was beyond whatever I am navigating right now in my lifetime. Oh yeah. I was like, this is some ancestral whatever that I am releasing and healing and moving through because it was like, this is big. (laughs) Please go through me quickly because (laughs) I ain't got time for this. I don't know if I can do this again. Can we, can we be done with this? I can name those times for me multiple. And it's also fascinating because I've been in that energy woo woo and that damn Pisces moon. Like, it's just not going to heal unless I'm going to cry it out. It's just not at some point. But people who stand in witness of it are not used to holding space for that sort of sad, melancholy, grief, loss, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's really fascinating too, because I used to be uncomfortable because they were uncomfortable. This is another space, a place of like authenticity and liberation and using your voice in a different way. And people trying to talk you out of being sad or wanting to make you happy. And it's like, don't you bypass this for me. This is the healing moment. If you're uncomfortable, you can step out. I wish you could hold space for this. I get it. You can't. Yeah. That's on you. That's not on me. That's a process too, but it's a, it's really big healing and really big magic when you can be aware and step into that 
I had a, a pastoral therapist once because, you know, in the beginning I was little and terrified and had so much stuff to sift through. And he was like, do you cry? And I was like, uh, I think I was about to- <laughs> like, what do you mean by cry exactly? Like- and well, right. But I was like, well, at that point I didn't really I think that was after I'd been divorced and it was just all, there was no holding it in. It was approaching that Saturn return. And I was like, not really. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I'm afraid if I start, I won't ever stop. Honestly, that was, you know, and he looked at me, it was what he was, he was wonderful. And he just said, he goes, you'll run out of tears eventually. Yeah. And it could have been like an asshole comment, but it wasn't, it was just very practical of like, I know it feels that way, but it'll stop. Yeah. It does feel so good in the body once you get through it. Yeah. Obviously we know this to release that energy, but, um, yeah, it is, um, you know, this wound is something that is quite the learning for me every day as an entrepreneur, someone who, talks a lot with potential and in, in, or students and buddies on social and it's like showing up. It's, um, it's not going to be perfect. Right. I know I'm going to continue to hit different levels of it, but, um, yeah, I I'm choosing to look at these growth patterns as just being curious and fun and, and reminding myself to reflect back on where I was Yes. And how different life looks because, you know, we forget that progress yes. we, forget, we forget that journey. And then we're like, it's going so slow. I haven't done anything. I said this the other day. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> Hold up. Let's let's, I'm going to hit the let's pause. Let's talk about this. So what has happened in the last two years? You're like, oh, okay. Okay. Like I, I forget, I forget. I've gone through a lot. Seven I've gone through a lot of healings. Right. Like you don't, we have to stop and honor the progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a coach, you know, this you have to, or you will never be satisfied. You will judge yourself on your expectations and our expectations are that we change overnight. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're human. It's we're perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. Stopping to embrace that progress is like, that's a tool. That's a tactic. That's a habit. That's a technique man does it need to be cultivated i used to be terrible at that yeah i'm getting better it's a work in progress yeah do you notice those flags in yourself now i haven't accomplished them what am i doing i haven't gotten anything done does that trigger like oh wait hang on stop pause take stock total awareness around timing right we love to push the timeline uh, we love to be out of alignment and just logical. Like we're going to do it this way in divine timing. He's like, well, maybe not. <laughs> That's what you think. Small, tiny human. I, I am constantly asking myself as I'm in a task and as I complete something, how satisfying was that? Mm. Because if I can be in satisfaction as I am navigating things that it that feels so good it is it's the happy elixir y'all it's like people chase happiness when they should actually um that's a should but for myself i have been in this space of am i satisfied can i be in neutral most of the day because that is magic and when you know i'm coming from a place where neutral was not the norm my my nervous system was used to the up and down the roller coaster and so I had to retrain myself to be okay and neutral. And um, so asking myself if I'm satisfied, am I calm? How do I feel? Um, almost to where you should be bored, frankly. This is huge. <laughs> I, I have to jump in on this one because I feel like even just specific to the collective, you know, through a pandemic, which is still happening, right? Like yeah. as a culture in, in Western culture, we are an adrenaline addicted culture, right? Coffee, superhero movies, like we need the, uh, uh, and adrenaline can be fear also, right? It's that the fight or flight of it. And as somebody who grew up in a very, you know, abusive situation, that fight or flight was always on alert. I realized that for me later on in life, it was, it was the adrenaline fun seeking. I was never like a dangerous adrenaline junkie, but 
that Leo rising was like, everything's got to be a party. Everything's got to be dressed up. Everything has to be shiny and couldn't find those regulations. It was either fear, fright, or actually this over the top, like trying to make a party out of everything. Mm -hmm. And this is so powerful, so pointed. I just so appreciate that you bring this up because our move to Austin, I was like, can we just please be bored? I need to be bored. I need boredom. We don't know how, like you said, to be in neutral and other language that, that I use is, is in peace, calm, contentment. Mm -hmm. Like again, in these mentoring and coaching spaces, it's like happiness and goals. And that's still adrenaline junkie. I think Mm -hmm. joy is different. I feel like can be qualitatively, but Mm -hmm. we really need to figure out how to be an idol, you know, instead of like foot on the pedal. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's so great. Yes. (laughs) It's so great because I have removed pretty much every stressor from my life. Yeah. I took a lot of shit for that in a period of time. Cause everybody's like, you need it perfect. You're the princess. And I was like, yeah, I do because it's triggering because it's stressful because that I don't need that shit. It's tiring. You my want it? Fine. Up. My skin cleared up my, I lost weight. My joints stopped hurting. Like there are just so many things that just like naturally kind of like shifted into place because I go to bed and wake up in neutral. I stay there almost every day, like all day. Now the flip side of that is when I do have a heavy emotion, I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Why are you here again? I did not invite you. Yeah. But emotions like I got keys. (laughs) But now what's really powerful is when you're in a place of being neutral, when the emotion shows up, it's like, what are you here to tell me? You're here for something. What are you teaching me? Yep. Yeah. I, a little bit of humor in this, in the astrology, right? We're sitting in Mercury retro shade. Mercury is going to go retrograde and it's the astrology from people's sun signs that they're most familiar with, but everybody loves to be so explosive. It's Mercury retrograde, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is fun sometimes. And I do it sometimes too, for sure. But the whole goal of technology schedules, timing, travel, going wonky. I mean, those are such learning curves as humans. What is it here to teach me? It really didn't matter if I was on time or not. Actually, that thing that I thought was so important, it didn't happen and it was fine. Yeah. Or something got removed or moved and it was better. But it takes a long time to get to those moments of like laughing it off and then going, universe, I know you're teaching me something. I will not fill up this space. I will not get mad. Mm -hmm. It's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. (laughs) Lessons of Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm, My dear. This is just so gorgeous. It's so, so gorgeous. So powerful fierce but why because it's vulnerable because it's truth because it's authenticity yeah there's no mask there's no pretending here's where I was here's where I am yeah it's um gosh I said this on an interview for this financial summit and I just called it out I was like you know, I've gone through a divorce and I am back to square. I am rebuilding my life, including my financial health, my net worth, all of the things. What a humbling place to be as a, as an individual who guides individuals on their money. And also what a powerful place to go, to go through these, um, to have the tools that I have and also be going at a deeper level of, Oh, I'm like, I can do this again. Would I turn it back? Would I make, would I have made a different decision? Nope. Nope. It's just the process. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Brie. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time and your magic in this episode. 
Thank you so much. I love being here. It's really a gift. It's such a gift. Will you please share with the listeners where they can find you and your offerings after this episode? Yes. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. That's the school of Betty. That's Betty B-E-T-T-Y. That is my grandmother's name. And my website is the school of Betty.com. I have started to play on the Tiki talk, but you know, you can find me there, but I'm not really <laughs> same. So you know, figuring it out and just like <laughs> and having fun, but I'm, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. So, and all my offerings are on both of those channels. So great. And of course, all of these links will be below in the show notes. Thank you, my dear magic makers for listening. I love you. And I hope your magic spark found you in this episode. Now it's time, if you haven't already, to hit the subscribe button so you never miss this magic. If this episode has you thinking of someone else who needs this spark, share it. And if it resonates with you to rate and review the podcast, I would be ever so grateful. The more ratings and reviews the show has, the easier it is for other seeking souls to find their healing home base. It's a super simple way for you to support someone else's healing. If you have topics you'd like to hear me cover or guests you'd like to hear on the show, or hey, you just want to say hi, DM me on Instagram at Tandy underscore Gutierrez and make sure to check out all of my offerings at unicornwellnessstudio.com. Links are below in the show notes. I love you so very much. And remember, healing is for you. And it all starts 